Hi, gang. Today we've got Chef Todd Humphreys of Kitchen Door Restaurant in Napa as my guest. And uh, the guy's a great cook, one of my favorite spots to go. He's got a Michelin star. He's earned a AAA five diamond rating. Uh, bottom line, his cooking's good. And we're going to have a lot of fun talking to him, finding out a little bit about his background, what inspires him. He's certainly one of the definers of taste in Napa Valley. And I'm thrilled to have him here, and I think you're going to enjoy what he has to say. Before we get to that, I want to let you know that if you would like some Pinot Noir from Judd's Hill, the fine folks over there are offering you 10% off any web order of either of our Pinot Noirs. That can be our Estate Millican Creek Pinot or our Central Coast Pinot Noir. Just go to Judd'sHill.com and put some Pinot Noir in your shopping basket. Then at checkout, type in the code JNVS. That stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show. So JNVS Chef Todd. That's our guest. So one word, JNVS Chef Todd, and you'll get 10% off any Pinot Noir order. All right. That's good through the end of May 2013, by the way. Now let's get to the show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, here he is, Napa Valley's ambassador of good times, fine wines, and lame rhymes, Judd Winkelstein. All right. Thank you, Lauren Mole, the golden pipes of Napa Valley. It's great to have you here. Chef, nice what do you think here, of those, uh, those pipes on that kid? That's a great introduction. I call him kid, but I call a lot of people kid these days. Don't take it the wrong way. Huh. Um, Lauren, I brought you in here today. Well, actually, you asked to be here today. I've met you a few years ago. Are you still currently the announcer for Artie Party's Napa show? Yes, I am. You are. That's where I first met you. We were doing a fun segment with Artie on uh, Napa TV, and I met you there, and I was so impressed with your voice and your dedication to the art of announcing that, um, I mean, I couldn't have you here you asked if you could just come sit and observe but i couldn't have you just sit and observe you know if you're gonna be here i'm gonna put you to work okay <laughs> and and you did you did a great job that was a fantastic well, introduction but thank i want to talk to you for a moment you um besides being a great announcer and having you know one of the finest voices of napa valley you you have a you have a video out i saw this recently and to me it was one of the most sincerely charming sweet happy videos i think i've seen in a really long time tell tell me what prompted you to make this and what it is it's a music video it's you you're singing and is that you that's you actually singing you're not lip syncing or anything like that right i'm actually doing it live yeah i could i could tell it seemed very authentic and you are showing up in different locales in the Bay Area. Uh, yes. Uh, San Francisco. I think I remember the, the Golden Gate Bridge is behind you. But right. tell me about the video. Tell me what prompted this. What's the story behind that? Well, it's because I've been doing Broadway-bound kids in Sonoma for quite a long time, like 12, 13 years. And I actually know one of the people there, Eva Sapper. And she's disabled, too. So we decided to do this foundation together. Everybody is a star. 
you know, where we make different music videos. Because the foundation, it helps youth with disabilities showcase their talents. She was the first one. I was only the second one. So we were like the first male and female clients of the foundation. Oh, okay. You, wait, you're only the second one, and the, you had this stellar yeah. video? And Yes. I mean, it seems so incredibly professional. Who, who made the video? Uh, Peter McEvely did. He's a filmmaker from L.A. And the song comes from where? It's uh, such a catchy, sweet song, yes, too. It's Michael Bublé. Oh, okay. I'm a little out of the loop. I didn't know if it was okay. a cover or if you had written it, but obviously it's a cover, but done very well. Um, I'd love for people to see this. I was so taken by it. How You said it's not on YouTube, so how does one see this video by Lauren Mole? Well, you'd have to go to the following website, www.everybodystar.com, and it'll be up there. It'll show the entrance to 91.3 KSVY in uh, Sonoma. Everybody Star. Yes. Everybodystar.com. And then they look for, there's a link or it pops there, up? My, my video will be there. It'll show the entrance to KSVY in Sonoma, 91.3. Okay, but your video will be there. Yes. I recommend folks go check that out. It's a lot of fun. You're going to hang out for a little bit, right? Sure. Maybe do a little bit more announcing? Go ahead. Would, sure. Well, you will, will you announce sure. our special guest for the day? Why, sure, Judd. Foodies and winos, it's a Judd's Napa Valley Show exclusive. Get ready to hear the most intimate thoughts and secret desires of Napa Valley celebrity chef, Todd Humphreys. Hey, dude. <laughs> Chef Todd. Hey, how you doing? How about that intro? Hey, thank you. Are we going to find out what's behind the kitchen door today? Oh, sure. I like the way he said that. Your most, would you say, secret desires? Anyway, we will get to uh, maybe what's behind the door in a moment. But let's talk about just you in general. It's it's really great to have you here. I'm excited. Oh, thank you. Being that your restaurant is one that I, in these days, uh, having a family, I don't get out as much as I used to, mm-hmm. um, but your restaurant, I think I eat more of your cooking than just about anybody else's. It seems, oh, um, well, you're welcome. First of all, it's great. It's great food. And, um, adjust your mic there up a little bit. Sorry. Okay. Got it. Um, but it's a place where I can bring, I can bring family and not feel odd if there's kids, um, not necessarily making a racket, but they, they can be a little squirmy. They can walk around the table a little bit. You've created this very comfortable, atmosphere um for for anybody really to come sit down and what where where did that where did the concept come from i mean it's it's very different from any other restaurant in napa valley in many senses but let's i just want to get your take in general about kitchen door well we came up with the concept uh, a couple of years ago my partner richard tim seberson my general manager and chris litz uh my chef co-chef um, we wanted a place where the food was affordable, very good quality, quick, that anybody could come, uh, families uh, included, with their kids, and that uh, it's just a place where you come back several times a week and and everything's available to go, so it's very flexible uh, for everybody. That was kind of the concept, good, affordable food that uh, was for the locals, basically. And that seems to have panned out and when i go there i often see uh sometimes the same faces time and time again um but certainly i rarely ever walk in there without seeing folks i know i mean you really we have a lot of repeat customers and thank you everybody for repeating (laughs) (laughs) so that that was kind of the the idea uh behind the restaurant and to uh the menu is kind of focused around local ingredients with local farmers like full table farms Mm -hmm. 
um, and a few others, and uh, we use local local ingredients. Um, the menu is, um, how do you say, comfort food from a lot of different uh, cuisines around it's, the world. It is very eclectic, and I'd, I'd like to ask you about that as well. Where did that concept come from? It's comfort world comfort food or how did you I guess well it, develop it's, this? it's basically um, when I started first started cooking uh, back in Canada the restaurant I was in we used to cook a lot of different ethnic cuisines and um, so I've kind of gone back to that and it's food that I like to eat when I you know if I go into San Francisco I might go for Vietnamese or Chinese mm -hmm. or Korean Korean food and we we have some of those influences on the menu um, also, we have a wood-burning pizza oven. Yeah. You know, and we do different flatbreads, uh, an Armenian flatbread, which I used to eat in uh, New York when I worked there. And it's fantastic. And, um, you know, so, and we have a wood-burning uh, rotisserie and grill. So, you know, we do chickens and mm -hmm. ducks and things like that off there. But that's kind of, you know, the idea came from, and, and we do a lot of specials, and if I feel like cooking... Something from a European cuisine, a pasta or a braise or something. I just, we just do it. And it depends on what vegetables are in season also. That seems like the way to do it. It sounds like you're really being true to yourself. These are all foods that you like to eat. Yeah, that's that's it. And, and I know that other people do enjoy. So we really put a lot of thought into it and come up with different dishes and Well, I think, I think, yeah, if you're being true to yourself, you're going to find your audience. Folks ask me often about winemaking and, mm -hmm. you know, what style of wine am I, am I going after? And truly the answer is just what I like. I can't, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even know how to make a wine I didn't like because I wouldn't like it. Right. So I wouldn't bottle it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Thank you for the Sauvignon Blanc, by the way. Oh, are, we, are we putting in plugs already? Yes. <laughs> the Judd Sill Sauvignon Blanc available at Kitchen Door. Now you're welcome. And I appreciate you bringing it in. It um, seems to go with the eclectic menu that you have. Uh, I mean, where else can you get uh, Vietnamese pho, some Korean galbi uh, uh, short rib, and uh, flatbread, and uh, like you said, roast a chicken? It, it's it's it is all comforting, yeah. and I think that's why people come back and back. They know they're going to have a wonderful meal, and just feel good. <laughs> You're smiling. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, you, you grew up in Canada. You mentioned right, and that's is that where the germ of cooking began for you? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Saskatchewan. Um, and, you know, my grandmother was a great cook, had a garden. My mother had a garden. Um, was so there a certain style that grandma cooked? Pierogies, cabbage rolls. Okay, so Eastern um, European descent? Yeah, exactly, German. Yeah. Um, so grew up with a lot of that kind of food and, and just, you know, loved that kind of food, you know. Um, and uh, by chance, a blind date led me into... Uh, cooking in a kitchen or apprenticing, I guess. How does that happen? <laughs> uh, I was looking for a job, and I loved cooking. Yeah. And I used to travel to Vancouver a lot and eat in ethnic restaurants, mm -hmm. um, which is a fantastic city for ethnic food. Yeah, um, it really ever been. And uh, a family that I knew, um, they had a restaurant. I was friends with them, and my friend set me up with uh, the chef, owner's sister yeah we went out on a date and i needed she got me a job at her sister's restaurant so that was it <laughs> so i worked there for five years and i basically the chef there gave me uh jacques Pepin's la technique and la method uh-huh and i kind of took over and i cooked almost everything out of those books on my own and that's sort of how i learned how to cook 
um, right. in that restaurant and uh, then ended up uh, figuring, if I'm going to do this, I better go to a good school. So I went to the CIA in upstate New York. So you were working for five years as a chef without any formal training, just Correct. reading yeah. Jacques Pepin's book? Yeah, and, and that got you through? And the lady I worked for. Okay. Um, she trained me, and uh, she was quite a good cook. She was kind of like the... Alice Waters of Saskatchewan. She had a garden, and everything was seasonal, and and uh, so it was a it was a great learning experience for me. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, so you're five five years working there, mm-hmm. learning everything you know out of a book, and right. and this lady, um, and your grandma apparently yeah. earlier on. And I guess you you then decide like this is my path. I that's it. I yeah. love this. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, you seem to still love it every time I see it's an open yeah. kitchen, a kitchen door, you're always smiling. Um, so the CIA, Culinary Institute mm-hmm. of America, New York is where you went. Correct. We weren't quite open in Napa Valley yet, right? Nope, not yet. Okay, no. so you head to New York, and then did you specialize in something there? Um, well, I ended up uh, working in Manhattan. Um, uh, I started at the Quilted Giraffe restaurant mm-hmm. as a line cook. Um and then I ended up uh, uh, working at the Peninsula Hotel, All right. which was across the street. That's, that's um, fancy. 55th and 5th. And I spent a couple years there with a chef called Gray Koontz. And then I went across the street. He had left, and he opened Les Pinas Restaurant, and I went there and helped uh-huh. him open that. Wow. And so I spent five years in Manhattan cooking. Gotcha. So... And then what? Well, then what? Not to not to discount Manhattan experience, but you know this is Judd's Napa Valley show. What? What then brought you out here to these parts? Uh, there was a, a phone call to my chef. Uh, they were looking for a chef at Campton Place. Oh. And um, so I, it, you know, I'd worked for the same chef for five years, and uh, thought, hey, yeah, I can probably run a hotel. I'm already been in two hotels and know how to, you know, I know the ins and outs of. of what's going on so and it's um, not just any hotel yeah so they flew me out and i did a uh you know like a cook for them i cooked you know a mystery basket for them and um i gotta stop just for a second (laughs) (laughs) i've heard of you know chicken finger basket a clam (laughs) basket you go back to new england what what's in a mystery basket well i designed a bunch of dishes and somebody went out and got the ingredients and uh and then I put together a menu for them, and um, they liked what I did, and they offered me a job. And uh, we moved out to uh, San Francisco, and I spent five and a half years at uh, Campton Place Hotel. Oh, no kidding. So if San Francisco was the stepping stone. Yeah. And then did you make it out to Napa Valley? I mean, your, I... your reputation must have, um, you know, begun to loom large in the Bay Area at that point, you know, being at Campton Place. It was a, it was a great opportunity, and I, I worked hard there. And then um, I was approached uh, by the CIA, Ruben Katz, mm-hmm. um, to try and come to... We wanted to move to Napa, and, and uh, he offered me a great job at the CIA, uh, running the Greystone Restaurant. And my goal was to you know, worked there for at least two years, and I worked there two years to the day. Oh, really? To the day? (laughs) And to hopefully have a restaurant in Napa. And that was in St. Helena, and and they opened Martini House with Pat Coletto Mm -hmm. and Richard Miyashiro. And we were open for nine years. And um, 
then, you know, the economy kind of went sideways and there was stuff with the landlord and, and uh, we had another concept idea, my partner Richard and I, and that's how Kitchen Door was born after we closed Martini House about yeah. a year later. Yeah, well, we it's, and it's been working out. At the CIA, were you just acting as the chef for the restaurant there? Correct. Were you instructing as no, well? No, I was just I was a chef of the restaurant. At, the, at that time, it was, a, you know... Uh, a restaurant with cooks and everything. Now it's it's more of a teaching kitchen. Um, they have a chef and they have students come through with cooks, mm-hmm. and so it's evolved the restaurant there. I'm just curious because anytime you're around students, you know, there's always that opportunity to, you know, there you can mold them like clay. There's that opportunity to put the Todd Humphreys stamp. Did you did you ever interact with the students? Did you give uh, oh your yeah. sage advice? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a school, so you you know, we do events and things like that, and you. You'd work with the students. I'll bet you were a cool chef to work with. I mean, I know you weren't an instructor, <laughs> but I bet you would have been a good one to work for. I think the last uh, show I did here with Greg Cole when he was um, doing this time slot, we did a show together, and he was talking about an instructor of his. What is the quote? But basically the guy uh, would just berate him and his fellow students, <laughs> and he would leave, <laughs> I don't know if in tears, but very upset and PO'd. But uh, he said, you know, he did open my eyes to quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But he figured there's got to be a gentler way to to do. I bet you would have been that friendlier, gentler well, I could touch on the students. Well, I could be quite stern, but I, I think it's good to teach people and set an example yeah. how you should act in the kitchen. And uh, if things aren't working out, they don't work out. But, you know, there's a way to demonstrate how things should be done and set standards. And people have to meet the standards of... Because it's all about the customer for me in, yeah. in the restaurant. And I try and train my staff that we're taking care of customers. We do a good job. As a customer of yours right. who, you know, frequents Kitchen Door, mm-hmm. um, I, I certainly ex- appreciate the experience from the, the servers and then, of course, the uh, folks in the kitchen, too, because right. it's a completely open kitchen. We can right. see what's going on. And sure. there's, there's never... Uh, you know, never seen anybody chasing another person around with a rolling pin. You know? <laughs> we do that in the back. That's in the way no. back. But uh, the folks cooking, you know, sometimes there's an intensity when it's busy, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I don't hear curse words flying no. or no. or frowning or anything like that. So Not a kitchen door. You've, you've, you've done a good job setting some standards and Thank making you. sure the customer is having a good experience. Um, <clears throat> you, you've made a reputation for yourself with uh, mushrooms. Yeah. Famous for your mushroom dishes, mushroom dinners. Where does the fascination with mushrooms come from? When did that happen? Uh, I suppose uh, in New York at the Les Pinas restaurant, I was in charge of all the truffles and mushrooms. And and we'd go uh, mushroom hunting uh, in the Catskills. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I knew a mushroom distributor there. Um, Odelis de Bois, the mushroom company, a French guy. Ooh. So I talked with him a lot and got very interested in cooking with mushrooms. And then when I moved out to San Francisco, um, I became good friends with Connie Green from Wine Forest Mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives here in the valley and her company's here and she sells mushrooms to, you know, all the top chefs in the Bay Area, ships mushrooms to France. Oh, my. From from the States. And I met her at Campton Place, working with her, and she would have mushroom forays, and I started going with her with my wife, Amelia, and we became avid mushroom hunters. And um, 
So I just love cooking with mushrooms, and, you know, a lot of people really love mushrooms. So I designed mushroom tasting menus and many dishes around different uh, wild mushrooms and cultivated mushrooms. Well, your mushroom soup, for sure, signature dish mm-hmm. of yours, um, fantastic when I have folks from out of town and ask, what should I get here? It's like, well, if you like mushrooms, <laughs> you've got to try this soup. It's fantastic. He's known for it. Um, on your brunch menu, the mm-hmm. mushroom French toast. Right. Now, that is something I had never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend from down in Los Angeles um, who has visited a few times. He had it the first time only because he said, this sounds so weird. I have to try. <laughs> I said, you know what, uh, Chef, uh, he's he's known for his mushrooms, so I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And now he, he can't wait to come back and try that again. Right. But, uh, yeah, well, where does the idea to make mushroom french toast come from well there's one mushroom it's called a candy cap mushroom mm-hmm. and it has when you go pick it it's a small uh very small kind of reddish looking mushroom and when you rub the top it has a smell of maple syrup mm. and when you cook with it or and to in- a canadian <laughs> it's like catnip <laughs> right. right so when you infuse that in cream or things like that it um it brings out that maple flavor in say a, a sauce or you know like a uh, sweet creme creme anglaise. Oh wow! Um, so I made a uh, or you can powder it and add it in. Um, I made a candy cap uh, batter. Yeah. Soak the French toast in, and then also we had our our candy cap creme anglaise, and then it gets served with a little maple syrup. But we also have a uh, candy cap mushroom bread pudding on the menu. Oh, uh, I on our dessert that. menu. I haven't had that. Well, is that on there? That. Is that on there right now? It's been on since we opened. Why have I not had that? I don't know. You got to look at the dessert. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I'm just always so full of the delicious main meal. I don't go to the dessert yeah. so often. All right. Well, I'll be. I'll, maybe I'll be in this week. Are, are yeah. you? So you're foraging some of these mushrooms yourself as well? I do. We we do go live uh, to tell to about the it. Coast, or we go up to Angwin, and I live to tell about it. Yeah. That that see, that, that scares me. Well, I mean, there's uh, people always say that, and um, you know, I've been cooking chanterelles, morels, all these mushrooms. So it it's really not that hard to. I mean, if you don't know it, don't mess with it. But over the years, you've you know yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. No, yeah, no chance of uh, no. I won't I, even I mention. Don't mess if if there's a question, just forget it. It's not worth it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, and there's been some stories in the news, so yeah. I'm glad we have an, an expert. I'll never be scared to have mushrooms in your <laughs> in your in your dining room. So, but locally, right here in Angwin, you're getting them. Is that part of the reason you've decided to stay here for the good mushrooms locally available? Uh, no, we just enjoy the lifestyle here, and yeah. we really like Napa, and um, not planning on going anywhere. Good place to have a family. Yes. Good place to be a chef. Yes, it is. Yeah, I should th- I should think so. Um, so much I want to talk to you about, uh, including uh, some of your days as a rock and roller. <laughs> I want to get, <laughs> but let's get to that just a little bit after okay. this break. Sure. All right, stick around for Judd's Napa Valley Show. More coming up. And now back to Judd's Napa Valley Show with your host Judd Finkelstein and his guest. Todd Humphreys. Thank you, Lauren Mole, the golden voice of Napa Valley. Glad to have you sitting in with us today. Hopefully, uh, can have a little more of your fantastic intros in the future. Uh, just before we went to break, I was speaking with uh, 
Chef Todd Humphreys of Kitchen Door, and we will continue speaking with Chef Todd Humphreys of Kitchen Door, but I was mentioning how I just, I don't eat desserts that often when mm-hmm. I go out. I guess I just don't have the big sweet tooth, and we were talking about his uh, bread pudding, and I was a little embarrassed that I didn't know it was on the on the menu. <laughs> as often as I'm there, I, I didn't know that that was there. Um, however, I was at your last beer dinner, mm-hmm. and I want to get to those in a moment, so don't sure. let me forget. Correct. Uh, but the dessert at that dinner was one of the most delicious, decadent desserts I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a very simple combination, yet you did it with your own flair, and that was the classic campfire s'more. Mm-hmm. Incredible. In fact, I just saw a picture of myself show up on your <laughs> Kitchen Door Facebook page regarding yes. a gooey, chocolatey forkful that, yeah. with a very strange intensity that I've never yeah. seen on my own face. So <laughs> I think that speaks well to the dessert. But how do you approach the s'more to make it your own? Well, we, you know, we're doing these beer dinners. And when we do the beer dinner, we design it all the way to the dessert with a beer. And um, the flavor profile for that was kind of the smokiness and, you know, the outside of a marshmallow somehow was tasting in, in that beer. Ah. So we came up, we said, okay, let's make marshmallows. So we make our own marshmallows. Um, and I was testing it because, you know, it's usually 60, 70 people for the beer dinner. Mm-hmm. So how to do that for that many people. And I was testing it in the wood-burning oven because to get that smoky flavor, um, I slid it in and it just crisped up beautifully in there. But we made the marshmallows, cut them. We made our own wafers, chocolate sauce, and then just, you know, roasted them in the oven and um you know it turned out to be a pretty cool dessert it was stunning i i i i think i licked my plate you know and i'm not i'm not being um (laughs) i'm not i'm not being shy about telling you that i think the plate was licked clean (laughs) and impressed i mean i really shouldn't be surprised because you do everything you know in a crafty Crafty, that's not the word. That has a negative connotation. A crafting yeah. uh, uh-huh. manner, you know, the local ingredients, very hand done. The fact that you're making your own you know, graham cracker style cookies, mm-hmm. your own marshmallows, your own chocolate sauce, and putting it in your own wood oven. Yeah. Is that going to be available? Can uh, I come back and have that? Yeah, it's going to, it turned out to be a, you know, pretty popular and good feedback. So we're going to put it on the menu this week. Actually, it should be on tomorrow on our on our menu. No, but it's really cool. You put it in the wood burning oven, which is seven hundred degrees. You know, six fifty to seven hundred, and in like five ten seconds, it's perfectly golden brown and warm. And it looked photo perfect. Yeah. And the minute the fork goes in, it just becomes this sticky, gooey, (laughs) wonderful concoction of s'moriness. Yeah. So mark your calendars for. Tomorrow, April 3rd. <laughs> Is that right? S'mores, yeah. Right? Did I get the date right? Okay. Come on down for some uh, from s'mores. So the beer dinners, mm-hmm. that was the dessert. But I want right. to talk about the beer dinners. Sure. This is a really interesting thing you're doing, being that we are in the heart of wine country, mm-hmm. heart of the wine world. Right. Wine dinners galore, wine pairing dinners mm-hmm. set up by sommeliers uh, that are wonderful and well thought out. But you're taking the same approach with beers. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Well, um, how did it come about? Well, we, we wanted to do something with beer because beer is for the people. Beer's for the people. <laughs> so, what's um, wine for then? Everyone else. Oh, everyone who's not people. Hmm. Oh, no, it's just think about my marketing. Well, you know what they say? 
how do you make a great wine? It yeah. takes a lot of good beer, right? It's a lot of good Isn't beer. Isn't that what they say? They say it. I so, think there's truth in that, too. You know, we have beers on tap. We have wines on tap. But we wanted to do something with beer and, and do wine pair or beer pairings. And we kind of hooked up with Mutineer Magazine. Um, and Brian from Mutineer Magazine really is a beer expert. I guess he has a huge beer collection. Hmm. And he's he has helped us. Um, hook up with some craft, a lot of craft uh, breweries. So we thought it'd be fun to to give it a try. And we started out with 17 people, our first one. And when did this start? Has this been a uh, year you've been is, doing this or more? Yeah, this is a year and a half of year beer half. dinners. Um, I think we've done 11 or 12. And they're a lot of fun. They're very casual. Um, and so, you know, we've put a lineup of different uh, craft brewers mm-hmm. um, from California and um, we sit down, Tim, my general manager, Chris, Connor, a um, couple other guys in the kitchen, Stephen from the front of the house, who all really love beer. Um, and uh, we taste the profiles of it, and then we kind of go, okay, what, you know, there's a lot of different flavors. Uh, it's, it's a little bit different than, than pairing with wine because there's so, there's so many things in the beer. Um, and, and I'm not a beer expert. I, I mostly drink wine. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad at least you said that after your last comment. <laughs> but um, so we come up with dishes paired with um, paired with the beer, and uh, it's just you know five courses. Um, it's got a great response. So we've just continued on with it, and uh, Mutineer Magazine is kind of uh, they're always there at all the beer dinners too. So it's fun to work with them. Yeah, and they're good guys to talk to. I had Alan uh, yeah. Crop from Mutineer Magazine as guest number one here, mm-hmm. and he's um, just a, a font of knowledge about everything yeah. beverage, as is his brother yeah. uh, Brian. And um, I got the chance to sit with them at the last beer dinner, and just mm-hmm. to, I'm 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 a novice as well when it comes yeah. to drinking beer, and it was great to be able to hear them mm-hmm. speak about it and not put it up on a on a pedestal or anything right. like some folks might do with wine or right. feel like oh, I'm the expert. So I'm really going to pontificate. They're not that at all. They, right. they really explain things. I had a lot of questions about mm-hmm. how beer is made, what gives it these types of flavors. Right. So interesting. And then to see how you and your team of Chris and Connor, you know, in the kitchen have really come up with some amazing uh, dishes that complement the, the subtle flavors, layers, complexities, just as one would with the wine, but right. with the deer. And there's the added uh, component of the bubbles, right? which can change everything. Yeah. You know, not everything goes with bubble, bubbly no. beer. No. It was fun. It was, um, it was the, what was it? It was a uh, smoked, no, a cured salmon pastrami mm-hmm. that flipped my lid. That was one of the first courses I think. I think it was the yeah. first course yeah and i have to be honest i i don't recall which beer it paired with it paired really nicely but that dish struck me what was that was that a gravlax with different seasoning it, well it's, it's basically uh, salmon that's been cured in sugar and salt mm-hmm. uh, overnight 24 hours and then i remove that and then i brush it with molasses and um ground black pepper and coriander seed and then we wrap that and let it sit, and it kind of absorbs those flavors. It's so it, it's very, uh, it's pretty unctuous inside <laughs> after the just the fats from the salmon and and uh, 
I, I really enjoy that. Oh, that as did I. And that's why I even interrupted our discussion about the beer dinner, just yeah. because it struck me, man. This I love Gravlox. I love mm-hmm. pastrami. Never really thought to put the two together. Yeah. But this beautiful Gravlox had the flavors, you know, so reminiscent of yeah. a delicious it's good. pastrami. <laughs> so when do you do the beer dinners? Uh, we do them every six weeks, uh, approximately. Next one is in May sometime. I don't know the exact date i think may 11th might be it but it's with a brewery fire firestone walker i think yeah it is. sure yeah uh they do a lot of aging of beers uh in barrels and things so that, oh, that'll they've be got fun. some really interesting uh interesting beers which we'll be tasting tomorrow and designing the menu tomorrow. oh tomorrow's the day tomorrow's the day we how, do the tasting how fun so and if anybody would like to come to one of these beer dinners, they can check your website. They can Correct. check the Kitchen Door Facebook page, I believe. You right. Put we them up. post it on Facebook. We have it up on our monitors in the restaurant. Um, and, uh, you know, we typically do about 60, 70 people sell out the restaurant and have fun. It was fantastic. Uh the last one a few weeks ago was the second one I had attended. Right. And, uh, yeah, you had a capacity crowd. It was Everyone good. there having a good time. Mm-hmm. And what is the phone number of the restaurant? Let's give that out so folks can call. He's look, he's pulling out his iPhone. <laughs> Never mind. We can get back to that at the end. How about you look it up now? You can give me the web address. You can give me you know what? Google kitchen door, anybody who's interested, because we are so well prepared here to not give you the pertinent information about how to come to a beer dinner at kitchen door. We'll get I got there. It. You got it. Okay. Two two six one five six zero. So seven zero seven two two six one five six zero to get information about kitchen door beer dinners, kitchen door anything. Make your right. reservations for your big parties to come in. Yeah, we're getting into nice weather now, and you have mm-hmm. that beautiful outdoor area. You're at the Oxbow right. Market in Correct. downtown Napa. Yeah, so you have the not only the the lovely indoor. A kitchen area that you can mm-hmm. sit in, but that great riverfront. Yeah, on great days, it's people just love sitting out there. It's very relaxing, and oh, we're getting into the season for yeah, it too. Yeah, it's already starting. People are sitting out there. Will you be doing any beer dinner service out there? Is that little? That's we, probably a little tough to. We typically do it just inside because we want to have everybody a collective, you know, audience inside. So when we speak about the food and the beer pairings everybody's in the same room oh, that makes a lot although of sense. for when we do um oktoberfest it may spread out into the deck you're not going to be able to contain it Maybe no matter not. what no look out <laughs> <laughs> so now that the weather's getting nice you know thoughts of course turn to luau's and yeah. you, I love the fact that you embrace the Aloha <laughs> lifestyle at Kitchen Door, and every Friday is Aloha Friday. Right. So if somebody walks in wearing an Aloha shirt, Hawaiian shirt, or some type of Aloha attire, mm-hmm. they get a beer special. Yeah, we have the uh, a Hawaiian beer. Maui Brewing Company? Yes, it is. And it's, it's beer. it goes on sale only on Fridays and only to people wearing Aloha attire. Correct. Yeah. Is that all day or is that just dinner service? Pretty much all day. Oh, good um, to know. I think it is. Um, Richard, my partner's from Maui, so that's where that kind of came from. Oh, that's the connection right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, or after work, you'd collect in the parking lot and everybody, you know, have a beer and. Little Pauhana. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's nice. All right. Well, hopefully it'll be a beautiful day yeah. this coming Friday. 
You might see me there. I'm always wearing an Aloha shirt. Yes. So it doesn't take much for me to get dressed <laughs> up to take advantage of that special. And you have also been a staunch supporter. It's only been two years. We're coming up on the 3rd this August of uh, Napa Valley's Yucapalooza. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That is a lot of fun. <laughs> this is a mini ukulele festival, not to be confused with the Wine Country Ukulele Festival, which some of the same folks are involved, mm-hmm. but that's a big multi-day yeah. concerts, workshops, marketplace. This is a little mini one evening. I think it's, you know, lasts until about 9 p.m. Yeah. Um, takes place mainly out on that riverfront deck mm-hmm. out behind Kitchen Door sure. there at Oxbow. And folks are encouraged to bring ukuleles yeah. We have had in the past uh, entertainers like King Kukulele from uh, Los Angeles as the MC, And um, I think all of the different merchants and restaurants at Oxbow do some sort of island theme mm-hmm. special. And it has been uh, standing room only. Yeah. Every, every year, both years that we've yeah. done this, and I anticipate I another one. Um, you guys have done... What have you done? You've done some... Hawaiian pizza. Hawaiian pizza. Pokey, um, poo-poo platter. That's it. Uh, with, you know, tempura fried shrimp, little Korean rib, a um, couple other goodies on there. Oh, yeah. Um, that but. is good. <laughs> and the other restaurants, you know, always step up and offer yeah. something with... Uh, it could be... Um, I don't know if there's somebody had like a mango-infused something or other... Uh, I think even the chocolate shop had something. Everybody with some tropical. something, I think, yeah. So this year, that is going to be, I hope I get my dates right, Friday, August 2nd. Yeah. Friday, August 2nd, probably starting around 5 p.m., going till about 9. There will be live music, mm-hmm. and there will be kind of like open mic as well. So anybody who wants to bring a ukulele can come on down <laughs> to the Oxbow Market, get your dinner at Kitchen Door, or any of the Oxbow mar- Market merchants. But, you know, today we're talking sure. with Chef Todd Humphreys of Kitchen Door. So go get your food from him. Get a, I'll put in a, another little plug, get a <laughs> Judd's Hill wine special oh, yeah. at Absolutely. the uh, wine merchants. Sit outside, hear a little ukulele madness. And uh, it will all support a good cause. Each year there's a different uh, local charitable beneficiary. I'm not sure that this year's has been set yet. But just know that um, coming down to Yucapalooza at Oxbow will benefit a local charity. It's actually free to attend. So mm-hmm. how does it benefit a local charity? Well, that charity usually sells raffle tickets. So just come down, prepare to buy a couple raffle tickets. There's always some great prizes. Uh, it could be ukuleles. I actually won a prize last year. I won um, limousine service from Crown Limo. It was oh awesome. My gosh. I, I went went out on my birthday. It was really <laughs> fun. felt like a big shot. <laughs> so that's Friday, August 2nd. Mark your calendar for Yucapalooza at Oxbow. <clears throat> coming up, um, coming up sooner than sooner than it appears. I mean, things are time flies quickly. in the spring and summer for me. This weather is nice, and it just I want it to last forever, but it goes by in a snap. Now, besides being a chef and your mm-hmm. love of cooking, what else do you like? I know you're a rock and roller. I've seen pictures of you uh, with your guitar <laughs> on stage, lights on you. Was this in Canada? Is this something that you continue doing these days? Uh, I, I I play at home mostly for myself, uh, hobby. Yeah. Um, I I did have a band when I was a kid, teenager. It's kind of a rockabilly style band. Yeah. And uh, I was the bass player. I played guitar, but the other guys said, "Hey, you want to be the bass player?" Because 
guitar playing. <laughs> no, maybe he could be the bass player. So I ended up being the bass player in the band. What a compliment. <laughs> I'm sure you're fantastic at that. You know, the bass player doesn't get enough credit. The bass player, you know, is the foundation. Oh, yeah. Lays it all down. Without Solid the bass, deep. nothing else would stand up. Yeah. It's rockabilly. Uh, yeah, rockabilly, blues, um, a lot of early stuff we played. It was fun. Did you gig a lot? We're out at the clubs. Uh, we played a lot around uh, our, you know, our hometown in Canada mm -hmm. and um, university clubs and things like that. Just three, three of us moving around um, and uh, playing on the weekends and had a blast. How fun! About three years, four years. So oh, when are you going to put that back together? When, oh, when, is, when is Chef's uh, Rockabilly Band playing out <laughs> at that lovely Riverside uh, deck? Uh, no, no plans for that yet. What? Um, How about at Yucapalooza? You want to bring I, out the bass and play, play with I, some well, ukuleles? Well, I don't players? own a bass anymore. I, oh. I just play guitars. Any ukuleles? <laughs> Can we get you hooked? I don't have a ukulele yet. Well, I did have one, but my, when my son was about three years old, he stood on it and oh, dear. snapped the neck off. So. All right. Well, my mission between now and then is to get you hooked on ukulele so you can do a guest appearance Oh, nice! at Yucapalooza. Occasionally, I play with Hero, but not enough. Hero Sony from Terra. Oh, oh, he's incredible. Yeah, he's an awesome guitar player. That guy, you can go on a... I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. You can go on YouTube and find him. Oh, Although yeah. Although he doesn't play under his actual Jimmy name. Jimmy Hen. Oh, well, you gave it. So if he comes <laughs> after me, <laughs> wasn't me, Hero. Why would he put him on YouTube if he didn't want people to see exactly. it? Exactly. But the guy shreds. I mean, he's doing he's Jimmy good. Hendrix Very style, good. Van Halen style, yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I uh, built his own uh, Eddie Van Halen Frankenstrat. Yeah. He's, he's cool. Oh, that guy's... The guy's talented guitar player i used to play when i was in high school mm -hmm. this is going back to the late 80s now and hero was a great guitar player um i think at the time jim neal was the sous chef and he was mm -hmm. a guitar player i forget who came down on bass but i would come down with my drum set i used oh, to play wow. drums in high school i had a band i would come down there i can't believe my folks let me do this uh about 10 o'clock at night when the restaurant is just closing up set up my drums in that front area sure. of Terra. oh nice and everybody would come out with the guitars <laughs> the bass and we would rock once in a while there'd still be a table left to some folks who maybe had a little too much wine they weren't going anywhere <laughs> and they they loved it it was like their own private show with the oh, chefs coming awesome. out and we would just go until the police would come by and tell us to shut up. <laughs> and I don't know why the police would tell us to shut up. Yeah, there's but nobody around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't think anybody lives above Terra. Yeah, no. But that was fun. Man, cool. those are good memories of a youth well spent, wasted. I don't know. Yeah. One or the other. Sometimes the line blast. is blurry. And what else? You, you play sports too, right? Uh, I play baseball with my kids, basketball. Um, recently we were playing street hockey. Which uh, I grew up with. Oh yeah, that One makes sense. The neighbor sense. boys, he's French Canadian and knows street hockey, so you're in the right neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I showed them how to how to play street hockey. Yeah. Did you <laughs> did you do close offs like Wayne's World game on? Pretty much, you know. Um, nets out there and sticking the ball and <laughs> slap shots and the whole thing. No, I don't mean this to go along with the Canadian stereotype. We were just talking about uh, hockey. Uh, do you go nuts for donuts? No. What? Actually, I don't. <laughs> well, then today is maybe not your lucky day. I love donuts. but Oh, well, here we go. As you can see, I've just pulled out a mysterious pink box, um, which I've scribbled some numbers. Okay. So I'd like you to please select, select a number. This box is closed. Select a number between 1 
Any number between zero and seven. So basically one through six. Five. Five. Position five. Up. We'll look at this. How appropriate is this? Here it comes. <laughs> I'm going to hand this to you. This is the bacon-topped maple bar. Holy. I'm going to hand that to you. Now. That's pretty cool. While you're taking a bite, I, oh, oh my goodness, he's digging in too, folks. All right, I better make this a long stretch, so we'll use time to chew. Mm. And, all right, so what, <laughs> what I want you to think about now, <laughs> my goodness, you are sitting here. Hungry. We're in the midst, it, hungry, so feel free to finish it too. We're in the midst of Napa Valley, world-class wine destination. You are eating a bacon-topped maple bar. Lauren, have a, you can pick your, you don't have to guess, you can just pick. Oh, sure. Feel free, Lauren. Oh, thanks, Judd. You're welcome. Okay, bacon-topped <laughs> maple bar. What would you drink with that? <clears throat> the contemplation. <clears throat> the clearing of the throat. The clearing of the I bacon. I drink a uh, Syrah or a Pinot Noir. Syrah or Pinot. What about a Syrah or Pinot is going to go with that maple? <clears throat> uh, I'm really curious because we have... We have, by the way, every one of those uh, donuts was maple <laughs> of some sort, knowing your background. Okay. Um, so you just lucked out and got the one with the bacon on top. So what is it about that maple? Or maybe even as, maybe I'm leaning towards more Zinfandel. I want Chef's take on this. Pull it apart for me. <clears throat> Why is that? Well, it's, the donut is sweet, but at the same time, it's rich. Mm-hmm. And... I think you might need some acidity. All right. From a Syrah. Um, the fruit might kind of, and a little bit of sweetness from the Zinfandel. It was very jammy and fruity. Might just kind of hit it right in the middle and drive it home. All right. That's fair enough. Those both sound great. That um, oh, looks really good. <laughs> okay, I'm going to avert my eyes because I'm getting hungry too. And I'm going to ask you to think back to school because... <laughs> Oops. Chef Todd Humphreys. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out in the uh, podcast version. Uh, we're going to play some Mad Libs. Okay. So while you're enjoying that, also I need you to give me an adjective. Okay. Um, something that describes something. A word that describes. Extremely. Ex I'm going to use uh, extreme. Extreme not an adverb. Here we go. A, a number, any number you can possibly think of, any number. Six. Six. Okay, six. A plural noun. Oh, my God. Um, houses. You know what? That almost makes sense. I'm going to ask you for a different one. <laughs> <laughs> go, go Go goofy. Donuts, Okay. A year, any year, past, future, maybe not present, a year. Uh, 59. AD 59? 1959. Oh, 1959. All right. Another noun? Uh, knives. Knives. A city, any city in the world? Dubai. Dubai. Another adjective? We just have a few more. We'll get through these. Um, a descriptor. Yeah. As a chef, you probably have a lot of descriptors at your disposal. Tasty. Tasty. 
Actually, that makes exact sense. I'm going to have to ask you for another one. <laughs> have you read this ahead of time? Uh, uh, no. How's that donut, Lauren? <laughs> it's good. Yeah, you got a mouthful. <laughs> That's good. Crazy. Crazy. All right, another noun. We've only got two more after this. Slow. Uh, we'll use that for uh, 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 for the adjective. Okay. Um, a noun. No, we need a noun. Two nouns. You can give me two in a row. Judd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a proper noun. Let's go with a... Um, I have so many rules, don't I? Yeah. I run a tight ship when it comes to Mad Libs. We've got about two minutes to read this. Uh, a noun. A, a person, place, yeah, or thing. I'm trying to think. Um, school. School. All right. And one more noun. Cow. Cow. Wow, he's quick on that one. And here we go, Chef Todd Humphreys. This is your official bio, actually, that <clears throat> you know I looked at before coming in, but we have replaced some of the words. Not we. You have replaced some of the words. The bio for chef and co-proprietor of Kitchen Door, Todd Humphreys. Todd Humphreys has been an extreme presence on the national culinary scene for most of his celebrated six-plus-year career leading some of the country's most prominent donuts and continually raising the standard of excellence. Congratulations. In 1959, Humphreys introduced his newest project, Kitchen Knives, a one-of-a-kind social gathering place located in the Oxbow Public Market in downtown Dubai. That's cool. we got to get over there. Locals and uh, Dubai visitors will have an opportunity to enjoy the widely acclaimed chef's crazy cooking in a convenient school and at a slow price point. Todd is a graduate of the CIA in Hyde Park, New York. He currently resides in Napa Valley with his, uh-oh. All right, <laughs> Todd said this, not me. He currently resides in Napa Valley with his cow, Amelia, ooh, and their sons, Desmond and Wyatt. Amelia, the sweetest person ever. <laughs> Don't hold that one against me. That was all your husband. I know you've got a good sense of humor. Uh, it has been a pleasure having you here. I always have enjoyed your cooking. It's great to be able to sit down and have a little chat. Lauren, you got a mouthful of donut, but I want you to take us out, will you? You've been listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show with vintner Judd Finkelstein. Theme song by Gordon Lustig. Wardrobe by LaRue of Rutherford. Judd's Napa Valley Show is a Gil Lamar production. This is Lorne Mole saying so long from the world's wine wonderland. Thank you.